Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to week, what is it? Week 13 or 14, Pierre? 14. 13. Week 13. 13. 13. That's my lucky week right there. Week 13 here in the DFS Streamer Podcast on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. The NFL DFS Streamer Podcast, Pierre. We, we should get the NFL to sponsor us, I think, because we talk so much NFL on here. But in the offseason, we start talking about an MLB and, and different things like that, just to keep abreast of all the different situations going on, try to put content out there. But NFL Dreamer DFS contests are our specialty. Yeah, and I finally got on the board um, for the, the Thanksgiving slate. Um, was able to, to catch up with the pack. Uh, take down first myself um, Thursday, and then uh, we had a new winner on Sunday. It was R. Burba with a 171.90. Uh, had Joe Burrow, James Conner, Rashad White, Chris Godwin, T. Higgins, Keaton Allen, Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews, Chiefs defense. Um, shout out to, to R. Burba, good friend of mine, friend of the show, the podcast, even listens to our, our Finding Faith and Losing Sleep podcast. So, Congrats to our Burba. All right, our Burba. Hey, no Josh Jacobs? Didn't have Josh. Still took it down with no Josh Jacobs? <laughs> no Josh Jacobs. I read wow. the lineup. You heard me. Uh, well, I heard, yeah, I heard you. I'm just, <laughs> I was surprised. I, I was making sure. I was confirming that you didn't say Josh Jacobs in there, who had a monster, 300 <laughs> yards, a monster day from Josh Jacobs. I know. it. I wish I wouldn't have seen the, the calf news, because um, if you remember correctly, like, at the end of the show, I, I put J- Jacobs and Kenneth Walker in the lineup, but he had, he had, he had news that uh, he hurt his calf, and it was like a calf strain. They weren't sure he'd be able to even plant and cut. Um, I think he was okay. I think he was okay. <laughs> <laughs> he did all right, but that got me off of him. Uh, I was just concerned about the potential injury that he picked up late in the practice week. But you know what you've always said, and, and things I've listened to. I do try to listen to you every once in a while, Pierre. But you say that those those Q tags keep people off of them, mm-hmm. and then the next thing you know, those people go off. You know, and it's just one of those things where you got to put them in the lineup to see if he goes off. Maybe not every lineup, but I, I, I still don't understand. Whenever I hear other podcasts or other people talk about like having percentages of people, like should I should I drop the if he has a Q tag should I drop him down to fifty percent in all of my lineups or, or how does that, I don't I don't even know they're using optimizers I'm sure yeah that's usually what takes place is so um, optimizers they're they're doing multi entry um, type stuff because as you see a lot of contests you'll see like a M twenty a M one fifty that's giving you um, the amount of entries you can put into a contest so a lot of the the multi entry players allocate a certain percentages to guys that they like guys that they want to play mm-hmm. so if they do see someone's coming in you know maybe they have 50 percent jacobs and have half their lineups let's say 75 out of 150 lineups they can run their optimal to shoot out 75 out of 150 uh josh jacob lineups and if the uh, injury news comes out they can tweak it um to say you know give me 20 percent Josh Jacobs instead run another, you know, optimizer. Then basically what they do is they export, you know, those lineups from whatever site they're using. Uh, then they import them into, you know, a DraftKings, a FanDuel directly. Um, and that's basically their lineup. Set it and, and leave it. Uh, the issue with those is if you do have like late news, late scratches, then you're trying to, you know, manually go oh, through man. and take out some of those players individually. If a guy does get ruled out like a four o'clock game, et cetera. Yeah, that that is so hard to do. Like I, I, you know, some of that stuff did happen this week. I, I can't remember who it was that was a late scratch, uh, but I had him in a couple of lineups. I, I think it was Dorch. Dorch was a late scratch in in the games, and so I had to take him out of a couple of lineups. <laughs> I'm just fumbling through there, man. I, I barely got him. I, I don't even know if I got him out of all. Of them. I need to start playing more than just dime contests, my friend. I was I was on the winner board, but I'm winning like thirty cents, forty cents. <laughs> I won a, I, I placed like one ninety fourth in some one hundred thousand dollar contest, though. I, some free contest, and I, I got me a free five dollars on DraftKings. That was that was pretty. There cool. you go. Hey, you got to play within your your wheelhouse if that's what you're comfortable playing. Don't lose. That comfort zone, because once you lose the comfort zone, you start to lose other things like your wife, your home. <laughs> no, you're right. You're, and I've, I've been, okay, I'm going to go dollars. I'm going to go dollars this time. Put a dollar on at our 50 cent contest, all that stuff. Next thing I know, I'm retreating as fast as I possibly can. I start, hey, we're talking about the DFS Dreamer podcast here, where we always take an early week look at the uh, DraftKings 
classic slate for Sunday afternoon, and we always have a contest for us uh, here. So if you're listening, if you're a first-time listener, we'll always put it on there uh, underneath the pinned tweet at FI Today with a little underscore there over on Twitter. We'll put uh, the DFS Dreamer podcast contest underneath that tweet. And last week, of course, we had those two contests, Pierre. And as I said, Pierre, I have failed to say his Twitter handle, at Wee 31 over on Twitter. You can follow me as well, at Lofinit on Twitter. And I promise you, I will not infiltrate your your timeline with as many hatred of Indianapolis cult tweets as Pierre puts out on Sundays. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was Monday this week. It was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was ugly. I'm so frustrated with that team. Uh, that's the that's the downside about being a fan of something. Like when that thing goes wrong, it just kind of puts you in a mood. Uh, but thankfully, uh, NBA, you know, is here as well. So the Pacers <laughs> uplifted me last night because the the Colts are just bad. And speaking of, you what? know, you put out the the Aaron Rodgers stuff. About oh yeah, I was actually gonna... being a coat um, that the the guy yeah. set out knowing good and well. And I'm married to a Packers fan, so you're trying to to infiltrate a happy home right now with those type of comments and tweets. Hey, I try to put out a couple of questions every single day. Uh, fail to do so sometimes, but over there on the FIT, uh, the, the Fantasy Impact Today account on Twitter, the FIT with a little underscore, I try to put out a couple of questions every day, and I'll send them to Pierre sometimes just to retweet. And and you know, especially if he's got a fight and uh, a, a, a whatever, a, a whatever in the fight. I don't I don't know what do you say. Uh, arm in the fight. Dog in the especially if you got a dog in the fight, and then he'll answer it. But he'll answer it in the DM. He won't answer it on the actual tweet. Like, he doesn't want it to be public knowledge. I'm going to start including your DMs to the answers over on the public tweet. People pe- pe- people want to hear from you, Pierre. They don't, they don't want to just hear from me. They want to hear from you. I'm just uh, to myself. I, I'm not one to, to be out publicly. I'm not caring about followers. All that stuff doesn't matter to me. So uh-huh. you ask me a question, I'm going to answer you. It doesn't need to be out there for the rest to see, unless it's something that, you know, is – is I guess PG thirteen, etc. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll just go look at your tweet, uh, Twitter feed again on, from Sunday. That's not private thoughts, right there. <laughs> hey, who's the biggest over under game this week, Pierre? That's gonna be the Chiefs and Bengals. Woo! Uh, Fifty two and a half. Yes, uh, saw saw this a couple of times last year. So we had the the big shootout uh, during the regular season that Cincy won, and then we had the the playoff game uh, that sent Cincy to the Super Bowl. Um, obviously in which they won as well. And the biggest to- team total is going to be those Kansas City Chiefs at 27 and a half. And, and then, you know, surprisingly enough, you know who's second? Uh, what, the Chargers, maybe? Nope. Well, I guess who's again? second? Cleveland. Uh, oh. 27. <laughs> okay, Deshaun. This the the, yeah. the return of Deshaun Watson Revenge. to Houston. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that that's crazy though. Whenever you look at it, the lowest over under this week, a game we may want to stay away from, are is Baltimore and Denver. Thirty eight and a half. Two slow teams that just don't seem to be able to score very often, Pierre. Yeah, they are, but they they could have a couple pieces that are enticing, especially with the the injury news. Um, you still could want, you know, a piece or two mm-hmm. from the game. Probably not a, a stack or anything like that, that there. No, no. And uh, the lowest team implied total, well, it's tied between the Denver and Baltimore Ravens. Both of them are sitting <laughs> at 15. Yes, <laughs> 15s. All right. Hey, Pierre, let's talk about this first game right here. We do have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Atlanta Falcons. Kind of opens up a little bit of wiggle room for this if Najee Harris is injured. Not sure if he's going to be, but in a losing season, they might want to preserve him if if he is injured who are we going to at running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers? It was worn a couple weeks ago, but it sure didn't look like it last night. No, Benny Snell looked like Derrick Henry last night, um, from what I recall. So it does seem like it, it's going to be Snell. I believe Warren's hurt. Um, mm-hmm. He was out himself. Uh, he'll be questionable. Uh, but Benny Snell seems to be the biggest beneficiary at 4,700. Against the Falcons defense that you can attack on the ground, you can attack through the air. Um, so there could be quite a bit of value uh, that opens up as we uh, kind of go through some of these slates and goes through this slate with some of these games at the running back position. So we'll we'll see how the week plays out. But I think Snell uh, would be the running back there. And then both receivers, uh, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, pretty good salaries, you know, just above 5K. Yeah. You got Fryer move, 4,300, solid. Um, and then if you like those guys, and I, I think Kenny Pickett has to be involved as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only 5,200. Didn't do much 
um, against the Colts, but he didn't turn the ball over. He, he looked solid. He's efficient uh, through uh, 71, completed 71% of his passes. Uh, so Kenny Pickett with those guys is in play uh, against the Falcons. Can we trust? Uh, I, I'm not even going to attempt his first name, Zacchaeus. <laughs> I like <laughs> Zacchaeus uh, this week. He, you know, last last game he gave us 14 DraftKings points, and he's only at 3600. So it's it's possible that he could do it again this week, maybe. I mean, it's possible. I just I don't like the the receiving core. That was without a touchdown. Yeah, that was the, the ones that you wanted to play. You know, pits before the inter, in, in injury. Drake mm-hmm. London. They're not getting anything. It's always. Zacchaeus, Demir Bird is those types, and okay. they, don't, they just don't do anything for me. So, no, I'll probably pass. I don't mind Mariota um, just because of his running upside if he decides to take off at 5,400. Um, again, paying down for, for some of these quarterbacks can help you pay up in other positions, as we saw with you know Mike White um, last week being 4,900 and going up for almost 28 points. Well, if you want to get a little contrary, and I'll have to say the Falcons' defense. Just I, I know what Pittsburgh did last night, and I know it was against the Colts and all. Atlanta's defense plays tough at home. I mean, they're just a scrappy bunch, and it, it, you know they're in playoff contention. They can kind of sniff it out a little bit right here, right now, and that's their strongest suit, I think, is is their defense at this point. It's thirty two hundred. If I was going to get a little contrary, and I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I mean, I get picket. Anything's possible. Um, they do play better at home, but I, I'll probably pay down a little bit more or pay up. Um, yeah, from a defense in that standpoint, it just depends on that. Uh, Lamar Jackson on the next game against those Denver Broncos, Pierre. He gave us twenty-four DraftKings points. Still far away. I, I well, maybe not tremendously far away, but he's seventy-eight hundred. If I spend at seventy-eight hundred, I, I want a more of a guaranteed twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-eight <laughs> points. You know what I mean? I, I want somebody that could break the slate, and Lamar is just not doing that this year. Yeah, and it, it makes me wonder about like his contract situation. If that kind of plays a part of it. Um, I don't know if that's the case. Obviously, they've had injuries. He looked pretty good early in the year when Rashad Bateman was healthy. Um, so that's possible that it's just the, the injuries have kind of piled up with uh, the weapons. Even Andrews himself has been banged up, likely was out. Um, so all that could play a part. But, yeah, it's tough to, to get up there. To Lamar, just given the, the recent, you know, game log history uh, that he's had. He has the upside, but he just hasn't been able to deliver Tossing the fact that it's the Broncos defense, I just I don't think I'm going to play him at all this week. Boy, it's crazy to see that that, that locker room in Denver is just atrocious right now again <laughs> this year. You know, it was bad last year too. It, it, at some point, we got to blame it on the front office. I, I know the coach got fired last year. They they replaced him with another coach and all, but nothing has changed as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Is the team unity kind of stuff going? And they're just turning on each other right now. This, this is getting ugly fast. It is, it is, and many thought, you know, they could be contenders once they acquired, you know, Russell Wilson. That has not been the case. Uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, he wanted out of there. Obviously, it didn't help that Javante Williams, you know, lost uh, to uh, his, his season, uh, to a season-long injury there. But even so, the offense just has never really seen the click. You look at Russ, he's had two games over 20 all season long. Uh, that was kind of the norm for him when healthy. Uh, there in Seattle, so that's going to play a part of it. He's a good price, though. I mean, I don't think I could yeah. continue to to be crazy or insane going back to him over and over and over again. But <laughs> fifty two hundred for Russell Wilson against the Ravens, who do give up, you know, some uh-huh. points through the air. It's intriguing. I just, I don't think I could drink the bleach this week. <laughs> I understand. And they're not going to be able to run the ball against that Baltimore Ravens defense. It doesn't seem like uh, Rokon Smith being added there has really helped solidify that run defense for the Baltimore Ravens. If I were looking, I'm I'm not really enthused about playing anybody from the Baltimore Ravens, Pierre. I know that Lamar Jackson, that Mark Andrews thing is always tempting each and every week, but this Baltimore, this Denver defense is just too tough. So if I am going to go crazy and I'm going to stack up a Russell Wilson stack with some people, Am I doing it with Sutton? Uh, it's, he's like the only choice, and do yeah. I have to do it with a uh, a tight end, a, a Dolchich or anything? You don't have to. It would be one of those two. It'd be Sutton or it'd be Dolchich. Those are really the two that you would want to target. If you go that route, Dolchich even had a touchdown, I think caught back on a penalty. Otherwise, his day looks a little better uh, on Sunday. Pay attention, obviously, to the news with Judy. If he returns um, – He's going to be in play. He might actually take away from Sutton 
Uh, if he's back, so watch that situation. Not really big on on Hinton. He's a cheap salary, so from a salary saving standpoint, you know he can get you, you know, close yeah. to that three times the value. I mean, he's been right around nine or ten uh, the last three weeks, but it just all depends on Judy. He's kind of the big question mark. Sure. Um, but I, I think you can't stack him up as ugly and, and terrible as that sounds. Uh, again, the price of Russell Wilson is just—it's enticing, yeah. but that fifteen point total is not. Last week, we called it a little bit with the New England Patriot defense being as cheap as they were against the Minnesota Vikings, right? We said, that looks funny. That looks like a setup. Looks like DraftKings knows what they're doing right there. Look at this. The Baltimore Ravens defense is 4K right? against Denver. That kind of makes sense, even though the Baltimore Ravens defense isn't necessarily a turnover machine, right? I think they lost one of their rookie cornerbacks today. The Broncos Mm -hmm. are sitting at 2,400, Pierre. Yeah. That seems really cheap for a Denver defense. It is cheap. The, the issue is that they haven't really gotten turnovers. Right. And and part of that, I think, is because their offense has been so bad <laughs> that a lot of teams haven't mm. really needed to to drop back and, and throw the ball. Like you had Carolina, like Darnold. Darnold was just fine against them because they were in advantageous type of positions. Uh, the, the Raiders went to, to overtime, but they were fine. Tennessee, they just ran the ball with Henry the whole game. So teams just haven't been able to – haven't needed to to drop back, and that's really where you get your defensive points from sacks, interceptions, et cetera. That Atlanta Falcon-Pittsburgh Steelers game was sitting at 43. Denver Baltimore's at 38.5 for a point total. And the next one, Green Bay at Chicago is sitting at 43.5. Looks like pretty good weather. And I missed Justin Fields. I missed Justin <laughs> Fields. This would be a great Justin Fields game. Did you see what Jalen Hurts did to the Green Bay Packers? Oh, I wish I could see Jalen Hurts do that to him. Oh, I have so much fun, Pierre. But instead, i got to watch Trevor Simeon. You know what I've noticed about the Green Bay Packers? They were putting a spy on Jalen Hurts. But I think that as a spy, they were using the Hubble telescope because Jalen Hurts was just able to run all over the place <laughs> in green, wide open pastures. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't help with with Quay Walker spying him whatsoever. Uh, he was getting it. Felt like twenty to twenty five a pop oh. every time he took off. So it was Man, it was yeah. crazy. But even so, like the Packers hung around that game early on. Um, then Rodgers got hurt and things kind of fell apart. And that's kind of going to be some some interesting news to watch here with what the Packers is. If Rodgers, the owner of the Chicago Bears, actually plays this week. <laughs> watch um, it, pal. Because Jordan Love looked serviceable. And take it with a grain of salt, like the, the defense was, was on their toes, kind of in, in prevent even a little for the, the Eagles just because they were up a couple scores by the time Love entered the game, but he had some zip on the ball, uh, had a nice slant uh, that Christian Watson took to the house, had a dart to the sideline that Aaron Jones dropped. Um, he looked better than he's looked in, in recent years. Uh, Roger says he wants to play as long as they're in contention, which probably won't be for, for much longer. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they if they let Rodgers come back out here, uh, try to turn it around against a team. I know you don't like to hear it, that he has had success against yeah. Throughout his career, or if they they do turn to, to love and see what they have, because Rodgers probably only has another year or two left uh, in the tank himself. And those that pass to Aaron Jones is the one that I went woe to. You know, I, I yes, he had yeah. zip on the ball, but having zip on the ball straight away is one thing. Having zip on the ball to the outside, that's where that's where the money makers are in the NFL. If you can hit that mm-hmm. out pattern or something like that, that's where because those are tough throws, man. Those are really tough throws. A lot of times goes a. Uh, crossed your body and everything so those are the ones that you could really pick up on um I, i'm not thrilled about playing trevor simeon i would love to play i love picking on the bears defense at this point aaron Rodgers or jordan love as far as i'm concerned i, I would love to play aaron jones even aj Dillon at 5600 seems okay i'm not gonna say it seems great but it seems okay uh and i love the david montgomery even in this game here after i saw what miles sanders did if justin fields is out there i love a david montgomery I think I prefer Montgomery if Fields is out. Okay. For, for, yes, because Fields himself will will take over, I think, <laughs> uh, from a, a rushing upside standpoint if he's in. Uh, but, yeah, if it's Simeon, I do, I do like Montgomery, 6,200. Pass catchers are going to get interesting as well because Mooney went Mooney. on the IR. Uh, and you look at these pass catchers for the, the Bears, they're all cheap. I mean, yeah. 3,800 for Claypool. There's a reason for that, man. I know it. I know it. But you look at Simeon, 
I think he's a little more of a thrower than Fields. I'm not saying he has a better arm than Fields. I'm just saying that the offense is going to be geared to to probably throw it a bit more uh, with Simeon there in the lineup than when they have Fields, who can run up and down the field on you. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. I know Simeon had 25 attempts um, against the Jets. They did get behind, um, but it also was like pouring rain uh, there yeah. in New York. So keep that in mind. We've seen big games from Simeon uh, in these type of spots. Uh, we, I mean, it's a, it's a rivalry game with the Packers. Watch That's the weather. We know Chicago mm-hmm. can get cold. Uh, but if it is Simeon, I don't mind, you know, taking a shot, probably on Claypool, uh, just because of the, the talent alone, he should set him apart uh, at 3,800 there. I said the reason why I said uh, I'd rather have play him when field was, Fields was in there because I don't expect Fields to run the ball very much if he is in there, okay? And I, I just got done watching them play Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. Well, Jalen Hurts is a running threat. Miles Sanders was able to capitalize off of them trying to take away a Jalen Hurts, or at least that you know helped out in, in Miles Sanders' ability mm-hmm. to be able to run the ball. So if that threat is there, then that opens up the opportunity for David Montgomery to be able to run the ball more. I think if it's Trevor Simeon, nobody is scared of Trevor Simeon putting up a 300-yard game. Nobody is scared of Trevor Simeon marching the Bears up and down the field 20 times against you. You know what I mean? So they can yeah. concentrate more and stack in the box and stop in the run. So that's why I said that. I, I Maybe people, I need to say things like that because people think I'm foolish sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense. And you look at the history, Montgomery really hasn't played too well with Fields. But uh-huh. you, you think about the fact that, you know, they don't have Herbert now as well yeah. uh, in the backfield. His One of his good games this year was against the, the Packers uh, when they lost their Lambeau. He got 18.6 fancy points, ran for over 100 yards. So, yeah, you're you're definitely correct in, in that aspect. Uh, especially given what we just saw with the Eagles and, and Hurts and Sanders and even Gainwell to some extent. Yeah, and I just don't think if Justin Fields does suit up and play on Sunday, I just don't think that he's going to run the ball very often. I could be wrong. Yeah. I'd like to see what happens. I, I don't I, put him in bubble wrap, whatever you do. Uh, <laughs> Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, not really playable, not viable this week. The price seems a little bit high against that uh, defense on both sides of the ball. They, they don't seem to give up a lot of points to tight ends, Pierre. Yeah, I don't know if i go with, with either – Either guy on this side. Tony is always interesting, but again, I think I'd rather have a, a receiver if I'm going to play a pass catcher. Okay. Um, we don't really know what, what Jordan Love is and, the, the thing. Uh, we kind of know who, who Rodgers favors. Jordan Love is kind of a, a question mark, so you might be able to go Tunyon with a, a Love as your your younger type of, of QBs do tend to to target tight ends a bit more than normal. Yeah, I was I was sitting there looking at it like going, okay, who is that second guy? Who's the guy that Love has been throwing to all year on the sidelines? You know, as a second yeah. string guy, and I they none of those guys get really any run right there. But I'll tell you, Christian Watson is almost moving into must play territory every single game with what he's been able to do over the last three weeks or so. It uh, just looks like he's ready to explode every single time. And Eddie Jackson is missing from the Bears secondary right now, so that's just going to really open things up for Christian Watson. I think no matter who's back there, and Alan Lazard. He's talented. He's got some speed. I was really concerned with his hands coming out of uh, North Dakota State, Carson Wentz territory. Actually, uh, he had some drops, but that has not been the case really uh, since he's returned from some of the, the injury issues that he had early on. And he, those boom, that's what you want. You want those boom type of, of players that can really just break out, get you big big yardage touchdowns, getting bonuses, et cetera. And I think they really have someone in Christian Watson. The next game, Jacksonville at Detroit. This is the biggest boom game of the week to me right here. This is inside a dome. This is 51 and a half. These two teams are ready to explode. Pierre, my question to you is this. Who aren't you playing in this game? Like, like what team, uh, what player are you going, ew, I just don't like them in this matchup because they all look so tantalizing. Well, I'm scared of everybody Okay. in this matchup just because the two teams involved. It's, it's the Jags and the Lions. I got I to gotta keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. the 51 and a half total looks great. You know, both teams are, you know, projected to put up 25 or more themselves. But it's also the Jags yeah. and the yeah. Lions. So, I don't know. Like, I think he could play most players. The tight mm-hmm. ends are probably where I'd be most concerned uh, from both sides of the ball. Uh, from, from the Lions, you just don't know. Uh, who is going to be within a, a Brock Wright, James Mitchell, et cetera. And then Evan Ingram's kind of come back down to earth himself. 
uh, the last couple weeks for the Jags. So I'd probably eliminate the the tight end position, if any. Uh, but when it comes to the the backs and pass catchers, I think you can you can play quite a few. Um, with the Jags, you got to watch the the ETN, ETN. news. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's got the cue. He, he's questionable. They say he's okay if it was a foot. Um, but if he's out, we saw Jermichael Hasty, you know, get most of the burn. Uh, but they also acquired Daryl Henderson, you know, from the Rams when he got released. So he's another week. He could be ready to roll. Uh, with the Lions, same type of thing. They give all three of these guys the, the ball. Uh, Jamal Williams is going to probably get the majority of the goal line touches uh and and touches in general but deandre swift i still think has the the boom uh, mm-hmm. and then the, the passing game work so both of those guys are in play from a running back standpoint as well okay and and when i look at these dsts i like playing dsts in a game like this when we're kind of like going hey you know on both of the offenses yeah just because the pot they'll be throwing it all over the place it feels like especially with some banged up running backs possibly so i i look at that and i think oh that's possible zay jones i think is going to be a highly rostered player this week pierre everybody's <laughs> talking about him he's the biggest name out there on the free agent list and everything for a lot of people uh he's sitting at 4900 would you rather play him or christian kirk this week i'm still playing kirk okay i, I like the discount on zay you just saw the game that he had I mean, it was it was a big game. What, 14 targets, caught 11 for, for 145, coming off a 10-target game. So he's got 24 targets the last two games. So it's it's tough. But from talent, I, I still think Christian Kirk's the most talented of that group, and he gets more consistent targets. What I'm usually afraid of is when everyone starts to, to go to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, because of a big game, they, they tend to dug. Um, so I, I kind of like Kirk, and I kind of like the revenge as well with, with Marvin Jones. Uh, I know he's not getting the, the targets as other ones, but he's he's a former Lion uh, returning to Detroit. I could see them trying to get him involved a little bit more as well. Um, so I like Jones, um, Marvin Jones. I like Kirk. I like Zay Jones too, but I take Kirk over over Zay for sure. Is it a DJ Shark revenge game too? Do, 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 do. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it, it is. is. It okay. is. Thirty eight hundred um, as well, and he's he got in the end zone uh, there on Thanksgiving. He's gonna. You're see, welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> he's gonna see his his, his uh, snap count should continue to climb. Yeah. Uh, they they did. Uh, they do have Jamison Williams practicing. Um, the the rookie first rounder uh, is practicing, but it sounds like it's gonna be a long shot for him to play this week. Um, so it could be the the one last week to to get some DJ Shark who who did play seventy three percent of the snaps on Thanksgiving. I, I thought I saw where he was not going to play in week thirteen. I, I have him stashed away a couple of places, and I think I saw where he's not playing week thirteen. Check your local waiver wire to <laughs> to verify that information. <laughs> Speaking of revenge games, Pierre Cleveland at Houston. Oh, no, 40- I'm Ross St. Brown. I know we didn't bring him up. Oh, I think he's a, a an automatic. Yes. So when you're playing the Lions, but just make sure we say his name. We okay. are playing I'm on Rostia. Put my name in your mouth, Pierre. <laughs> I don't that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Cleveland at Houston. Forty seven point total in a dome. Everything going the way of Cleveland right now with Deshaun Watson heading back there to Houston. Hey, we can say what we want. This is gonna be an emotional game. Deshaun Watson has not seen the field in quite some time. The Boo Birds. I think we'll be out in Houston. Am I am I reading that right? Or you think he's going to be running out <laughs> with a bunch of a fuck? Yeah. And so this is going to be very difficult for Deshaun Watson. I know the NFL set it up for must-see television. But, I mean, I almost want to – if I was Cleveland, I'd almost want to leave him back in Cleveland and just go ahead and just start Brissett again because this is just going to be a wild event going on, especially in the first quarter. Yeah, it's going to be – it's going to be entertaining. Um just for that alone, that storyline alone, obviously was the the franchise quarterback wanted out as he wanted out. You know, obviously the the stuff broke from the legal situation there, and of course, you know, NFL storylines. His first game back is, of <laughs> course, Ed Houston against the Texans, who were I feel trying to lose. Uh, they kind of have that that number one overall pick in hand right now. Um, I do expect them to take a quarterback. Um, but they have a little leeway here. So when you look at, you know, the teams there, they're uh, that are also bad. I guess you could say they they are the worst of the worst with only one win right now. Everyone else 
I believe has at least three wins. So they can afford to to win a game here and try to knock off uh, Cleveland and Deshaun Watson. So I feel like they're going to go out and try to win. Not sure they will, but it's going to probably be a, a barn burner type of game from an entertainment standpoint just because of the storyline alone and how the NFL works. And here's my thing. I'm not sure what the Cleveland players think of the Deshaun Watson situation. You know what I mean? Like, I want to say that they're going to come out, you know, it's a revenge game for Deshaun Watson, but how hard are the Cleveland Brown players going to come out and play in this game with him at quarterback? Because Jacoby Brissett, he's he's a pretty good leader of that team. You know mm. what I mean? Like, like they like him in that locker room, it feels like. Maybe they know. I don't know what's going on there. It looks like a game where you can fire up Nick Chubb, Damian Pierce. I don't know if I want to start a Kareem Hunt, but those two guys, you got to definitely play both of them. They're playable. Yeah, I, I think they'll still get behind him as a team. It's just that whole locker room environment. But as you mentioned, Chubb's the Chubb's probably the play. You just play running backs against the Texans. That's what you do. Yep. Uh, he's one of the best. So you're you're definitely going to try to jam him in. I expect him to finally be highly rostered. Like usually, like he's he's less than five percent every week for for some <laughs> reason. That'll probably break this week. Um, but there's there's a lot of value that could open up. There's a lot of other running backs that I think folks will want to play. Uh, so he might go under the radar again. And if so, yeah, you definitely want all the, the Nick Chubb here. I know Amari Cooper is on the road, but, man, this point total is pretty tall here. And if I'm going to stack him up with somebody, Amari Cooper seems to be the wild wide receiver getting all the looks in that offense, along with a David Njoku. I think I'd like, I'd like a little Cooper Njoku stack if I was going to do it. Yeah, those would be the two. You can even take a, a look at People's Jones. Um, don't even mind like David Bell. So that's the thing with with Watson. His arm talent's much better than Jacoby Brissett. Like we can't deny that. Uh, obviously, he hasn't played you know, in a while, so there could be some rust. But he's going to unlock um, a lot of players from a pass catching standpoint uh, that Jacoby Brissett just couldn't unlock with his arm talent. Um, we saw it when he was in Houston. You know, you've seen guys like Kiki Kuchi have huge games uh, with Watson behind the, the center there. You know, made Will Fuller's career, I believe. So he's going he's gonna to open up things. Obviously, Cooper's the main guy. But even a Peoples-Jones, um, a David Bell, Njoku, clearly, those, those guys are all going to be, you know, in the fold now with Watson back, I feel. Who do we run it back with? Anybody special? Uh, are you just putting a running back back there? Or you Damian Pierce? Or are you not running back with anybody if you do a Cleveland stack? I mean, you can do Pierce. They've they've struggled against the run. Pierce has struggled uh, a lot. He has struggled too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to get into that. Um, and if you do expect Cleveland to be out in front, you tend to want to go pass catcher. Uh, so I'd probably just go back to, to Nico Collins at, at 4,200 as the, the main one. Uh, Cook's not too expensive either, and if you feel like it's going to be a blowout, you don't have to even run it back. You can just play the Browns and not bring a bring back at all. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the New York Jets at the Minnesota Vikings. Man, it would have been nice to go ahead and play with that cheap quarterback last week, Mike White. He's moved up to $5,400 this week, and rightfully so. I think he played pretty well last week. But here's my thing. I think his average passing yards, like like his average yard per depth or whatever, I, I'm mm-hmm. getting my tongues all confused, uh, 5.9 yards or something like that. It was pretty low. I mean, it was really low, and that's usually not a recipe for success. But if I think about what Mike, where where the coaching staff for the Jets came from, Right. San Francisco. Yeah. Right. And what do they, they They are known for playing that little dink and doink stuff and then run after the catch. Mike White might seem to be a good little fit for that, like a Jimmy Garoppolo style of fitting. And so it might be a good thing to go ahead and capitalize on that while he's still only at fifty four hundred. Yeah, I, I still like him. Um, we just saw what Matt Jones did against these, these Vikings uh, there on Thursday night. And he had a, one of his bigger games on the season. Uh, from Mac Jones, I think he threw for 382 and two touchdowns against the Vikings. So Mike White, I'm, I'm not saying he's Mac Jones, but he, he, I feel like he has more wide receiver talent uh, than Mac Jones had. So just keep that in mind. Um, also keep in mind that he had a big game last year where he went for 405 and three touchdowns. And then his other two games, he went for seven and six fantasy points as well. So don't don't get too excited just yet, but I, I do like him. I, I do think that, you know, same receivers, Garrett Wilson still in play. He jumped up a thousand. Wow. Um, but he finally had the had the game that we expected him to have. 
with a 26.4 outing. Uh, Elijah Moore got into the end zone, so maybe he's going to get unlocked. He seemed a lot more happier uh, with Mike White at quarterback. He's down there at 3,700. So uh, there's 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 guys you can you can play with Mike White, and he's going to save you some salary. So. Yeah, and it was against the Bears. Like, you know, it was against the Bears. I like that even Conklin had put up a lot of yards. 50 yards last week, only three targets. But, man, I still like that the fact that he put up 50 yards. You know, it seems like everybody's going to be active. Everybody's going to be involved in this. Uh, Conklin's only at 3,100. If he finds the end zone and keeps me at eight DraftKings, you know, gets me up in there at 12, that's okay for Tyler Conklin. Pierre, from the Minnesota standpoint, Kirk Cousins played out of his mind on you know prime time, all that stuff. Like we kind of looked at a little bit and, and said that would be the game stack of the week if we could figure it out. If we were brave enough to do it, are we brave enough to do a Kirk Cousins stack again this week against the New York Jets? No, I like the Jets defense. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean he has he has Justin Jefferson, so anything's possible with Justin Jefferson. But the Jets have just done really good job with their secondary. You know, you got Sauce Gardner, who they kind of have kind of shadow your your top guy. Um, Vikings have done a good job getting Jefferson open, kind of similar to how the Rams got cup open. Um, so keep that in mind. But um, Robert Sala is a, a defensive guy, as you stated, coming from the 49ers. Uh, so I expect this defense to, to be ready, um, to be pumped up. A uh, really big matchup again uh, against the Vikings. They're only 2,600. Um, so I actually don't mind the, the Jets defense against the Vikings because you do have a quarterback in Cousins, not too mobile, can make the mistakes coming off a, a really big game himself. It's possible he reverts back uh, to primetime cousins in the daytime this time. We'll see I, what happens. There. You know, I'd, I'd like to run it back with Jefferson, but 8900 seems like a tough r- run back coming off of a big win like last week and everything. So I look at Thielen, I'm going, nah, not really Thielen. I don't trust him, even though he had a lot of targets, found the end zone, had a great game on Thanksgiving. I just can't see it happening again too much. And uh, KJ Osborne, so then I, I always roll over to the tight end. I'm like, okay, they got a good tight end. And then I see TJ Hawkinson at 5,200. I'm going, boy, that's 15. He's got to pay. That's a, he's only hit that once, you know, in a while. And he's got to find the end zone for that to be able to hit. And I, I just can't trust that either. Yeah, he gets targets. Like he's yeah. he's actually yeah. getting targets with the Vikings, which he didn't necessarily get in Detroit for some reason. Um, so that's a that's a positive for him. Uh, like you said, Thielen's always interesting too. Um, he finally got on the board some uh, Thursday night himself. Was pretty big night for all the Vikings. But he saw ten targets, caught nine for sixty one, the touchdown. Uh, he could be a big beneficiary if you know the the Jets are too concerned with Justin Jefferson. Uh, then Dalvin Cook as well, 7,200. He's still seeing his touches. Um, hasn't quite had the explosiveness um, the last couple weeks, so he could be due uh, for a breakout type of game here. It's just tough. It's tough to to play the Vikings against the, the Jets defense. I just really like the Jets defense, and these guys are priced well, so it's not like you're getting any anyone cheap from the Vikings. So it'll probably be tough for me to to end up on any of them. Michael Carter has got a lower ankle injury, uh, not a high ankle sprain, a low ankle sprain. I don't know what that <laughs> difference is. Maybe he can play on Sunday. I'm not going to trust him if he does play on Sunday. If he's out, who are we looking to play there? Is it a Tyler Johnson who seemed to get a lot of receiving work anyway? But that man, that Knight fella, uh, Zonovan yeah. Knight, really exploded last week, and he's only at 4,600. Yeah, that's one of the, the values that I was mentioning that could open up. So if Carter's out. 4,600 for Jonathan John, John, John Knights. Pretty pretty good price. He saw 14 attempts, 69 yards, caught three passes for, for 34 yards. Seemed to be the, the one that they kind of geared towards. I know Ty Johnson got the, the touchdown himself, but, I mean, that's a really, really good price tag. Pay attention to, to James Robinson, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was inactive last game, so not sure why that was the case. Um, but if he's back, they they could kind of lean on him some as well. But yeah, I think Zonovan Zonovan Knight's the the one that you would probably lean towards uh, if if Michael Carter's ruled out there. All right, we still got four or five games to go, Pierre. Six games, maybe I don't know where it is, but it's we got Washington at the New York Jets. Giants, sorry, forty and a half point total is that one. Looks like clear skies and rainbows actually over there on that one. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Washington defense has been playing out of their mind. They're not giving up any points. Last week it was in the rain, so forth, etc. But the weeks before that, even they just weren't giving up a lot of points. And I am afraid that they're going to do the same thing again to a Giants offense that seems to kind 
to be spinning their wheels in the mud, especially a Saquon Barkley, who is priced at 8200 But, buddy, he, he just ain't getting there. He just ain't getting there to that 24 <laughs> that we need. He's not. He, he started off pretty well, but even so, he hasn't really had a, the big, big game, I think, outside of that week one right. um, against the Titans. So don't think you can go to the Saquon. You can play him, but you, you probably won't get the upside that you need for his salary. Uh, I don't like many in this game, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of this game overall. Uh, Richie James, I think, is still in play at, at 3,800. Uh, he seems to benefit from the the wide right receiver injuries, which they still have. It's basically him and Slayton uh, that they're going through. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, you know, he oh, had a touchdown yeah. come back, but he's he's still out on the field, uh, which you would want. But um, one play on the the Washington side is probably Brian Robinson. Uh, Giants have struggled against the run game uh, pretty much all year. Uh, he kind of had his breakout game there, uh, 18 yep. attempts for 105 yards, caught one where he – I think he won angry runs there on Good Morning Football <laughs> for the, the pass that he caught and bulldozed the guy for a touchdown, 23.5 points. Uh, he's still 5,300, which is a good price. I know he's splitting with Gibson, but, again, looking at the fact the Giants have struggled against the run, I, I don't mind Brian Robinson on the commander side. Yeah, I think last week I, I had traded Brian Robinson in a league. I can't remember who. I, I traded for Michael Carter. Michael Carter goes down with an injury, right? So I had Gibson <laughs> and I had Robinson, but they were splitting work. So I was like, okay. And it seemed like Gibson was getting more of the, I don't know, the, the payoff work. Like he was getting more of the receiving work and everything like that. So I just stuck with Gibson and I traded Robinson. Plus, we're down here in Alabama, so Robinson's got a little bit of value, you know. And uh, the, the, the Michael Carter strength of schedule for the end of the year was really good. And then last week, I, I looked at that and I said, oh, it's going to be rainy. It's going to be wet. It's going to be all those things. They're probably not going to give the ball to Gibson because he's got those fumbling issues. You know, uh, Antonio, so I'm like, I wondered if they were going to give it to Robinson more. And sure enough, they did. I hope mm-hmm. that's not going forward because if so, I just really lost out on a good player. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I just wonder if that wasn't because of the weather more so than it was because, you know, he was on a heater or something. But it may have been. But I mean, there was a time where they were they were just using Gibson exclusively as a, a passing down type of running back. So maybe they're gearing that way again. You never know. It could be a situation just to stay away from. But given what he just did, you would think that they would, would see if that's something he can repeat. Can I, you know, I got to say I got to say this name. Brightwell. I just got to say it. I know I don't want to play him necessarily this week. He's at 4200 so he's a little bit more expensive than I want him to be on, on uh, the DraftKings contest, especially against that Washington defense. But in redrafts and stuff, man, I'm telling you, that guy was flying all over the field. He was flying, man. Yeah, it's just tough with Breida there. But, yeah, I, I even seen him in preseason. He played pretty hard, ran, ran hard, played well. So uh, I don't I don't mind him like as a, a deep, deep sleeper in case something happens to, to Saquon, but hopefully that's not the case. Tennessee at Philadelphia, Pierre. This game is at a 44.5 point total. Uh, Philadelphia coming off that short week, of course, and we think we called it right whenever we talked about Tennessee being one of those teams that just makes the game ugly. I know Cincinnati <laughs> ended up putting up some points a little bit on a couple of guys, but Joe Burrow didn't do it. You know, it was it was really consolidated towards Higgins and towards P. Ryan last mm-hmm. week, and that was it. That was it. That was the only people that put up points. And I wonder what's going to happen this week with Philadelphia. I got to say, it's going to go to one wide receiver in particular this week, Pierre. You, you, you know who it is. I <laughs> it's mean, like revenge week, isn't it? Is that what this is? This is just revenge, revenge week across the board here. Oh, I was talking about Kes Watkins. Oh, you're talking about A.J. <laughs> Brown. <laughs> hey, Kes Watkins has got double-digit DraftKings points three out of the last three weeks. All right, buddy? So you just you can take that little laughing at West and, and just put it in your – no, you're right. A.J. Brown looks like he is going to be on fire this week. I mean, you would think. I know he's he had the illness, um, is what he stated um, the last game here against the Packers. It took him until about halftime to to feel right, to get right. Um, saw his eye was really bad and bloodshot if you watched that game, and that's from apparently throwing up. So I'm guessing he'll be healthy. He'll have his electrolytes. So he'll be he'll be ready for this game. Even more so, given the fact that you know there's been the back and forth of kind of who was at fault. In these situations, you know, it feels like the Titans kind of blamed him and, you know, he's blamed the Titans. So what a what a way to, to kind of square the, the whole circumstance here uh, than to get him involved and let him have a big game against his former team. 
if it's going to be a, you know, if Tennessee is going to be playing from behind in this one, and I really, I expect Philadelphia to be pumped up for this one, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Brown, Brown is now their guy, and it's Jalen Hurts High School, but they're going to be pumped up to play this one, uh, and and at home, all those things. I'm going to trust a Ryan Tannehill in this spot. I think it's a good stacking spot for Ryan Tannehill. I know it's against the Philadelphia Eagle defense, but Tannehill always seems to be able to get close to 15 DraftKings points, and he's at 5,200. He's not going to break a slate or anything, but I think he could get me there to that 15 DraftKings points. And, man, I just sitting there watching what Jordan Love was being was able to do. I think that Tannehill can do that, too. He's a crafty veteran. Yeah, I don't like his, his weapons. Um, right. And I think if they do the screen the, to Derrick Henry, like they should do, like oh, at least three right. or four times a game. Doesn't that get you scared? Yeah. Doesn't that get you scared when you're doing it? Like I picture myself being a defensive back and him running with a full head of steam at me, and I get scared. <laughs> if someone tracked you down and stripped the ball out, um, I think Burks recovered it for a touchdown. But, yeah. I mean, other than Burks, there's really no one that I I feel confident in. I mean, Robert Woods, he's solid, but he he's nothing major. Uh, Nick Westbrook Aquina, like him, IU guy. He's he's nothing major. He's starting to build a rapport with Hooper a bit, but I mean the the Eagles have been really good from a, a secondary standpoint. I know they lost Gardner Johnson to the I think they said he had a lacerated kidney. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he's okay. So that'll 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 hurt a little bit, but they just don't have the the personnel that that really scares me from a a Tannehill being a a top type of score this week. Okay, I, well, I'm just going to play Tannehill naked then, Pierre. That's all. There I'm you go. All, all right. it takes is two two vultures of Henry on the one yard line, and you're right there. So <laughs> well, I guess I don't it, know. it's in the range of outcome. It, it is, it is. But uh, we'll see that. I know we're playing Derrick Henry though this week. It looks good at 8100. He could possibly get to that 24. Yeah, and you, you just saw the the Packers have some success on the ground uh, against Philly themselves. Uh, AJ Dillon was, was decent. Aaron Jones was solid. So yeah, you can play Henry at any point. Uh, and if you don't play Henry, sometimes it's scary because if he does break loose, like he did early in that, on that screen pass, that happens in like the first quarter where he gets you like a 60, 70 yard touchdown. You're sweating the rest of the day. Cause if he does that again, or gets in the end zone two or three more times, you're basically done. If you don't have him for the rest of the week. Yeah, and Jalen's on the board. He can hit that 24 all the time. He's only 8K this week. Seems like he hit 24. He could hit 30. I was afraid he was going to put 40 up because I was going against him this <laughs> week in redraft. And I was like, he could do it in this in this weather and everything. And I was so happy to see Miles Sanders find the end zone in the first quarter. Because <laughs> I, like, I was like, that's a small victory. That's a small victory. Speaking about the Miles Sanders, can we go back to him again this week at 6,300? Or was that just yeah. an anomaly, a blip on the, a blip on the radar? Yeah, the tides are a different run defense than the Packers, and uh, okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't go Sanders at all. Okay, so AJ, so if we're stacking it up, we can go Hertz, we can go Brown. Is there a third option there, Kes Watkins? I love it. I love it. I mean, you can go Kes. He's going to be a little bit more involved now that Goddard's you know on the IR. Mm-hmm. Um, he, again, he's he scored touchdowns back to back you know weeks, so that's what you kind of need for him to to pay off. But yeah. Uh, even Devontae Smith, if he can pay up for for both him and Brown, are are in play, and really those are the main main guys. You want the receivers uh, if you're going to stack them up with Hurts, uh, not the tight ends who really haven't done too much themselves. Um, besides Goddard, obviously who's hurt. Seattle at the Los Angeles Rams, 41 point total here inside of a dome, of course, in LA, Pierre. When I look at this game, I sit there and I stare at it, right? I sit there and stare <laughs> at it and I go, okay, Matthew Stafford, are you going to play? And I don't know that it really matters if Matthew Stafford plays. I kind of like what I saw from Perkins at 4,900. I could play him because that Seattle defense is not really that tough. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, he has some running upside. I just, I don't, I don't like this game. Even even though Geno's been good, like I don't I don't like it. So okay. I don't think I can do it. Um no, no thank you. No, no, I'm thank not. you at all. Wow. Okay, he had forty four rushing yards last week, Pierre, against a Kansas City Chiefs defense in Kansas City. That was pretty tough. Through one touchdown. It kinda of looked like he was starting to get it by the end of the game. Yeah. Okay. Not He would have to run for like a, a hundred yards, I feel, because he has no one to throw it to. Uh, Van Jefferson's not great. Skoranek, I mean, Allen Robinson's hurt. Cooper Cup's hurt. Higby can't do anything without those guys. Maybe a coin flip on run the running backs because, you know, we just saw Josh Jacobs with 300, 
three all-purpose yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe, you know, Kyron Williams or Cam Akers, but I just – I don't see myself <laughs> touching anyone on the Rams side. Maybe a, a Kenneth Walker or one of the pass catchers from the Seattle, but I'd like probably it. just avoid this game personally. Would you take the punter who threw a bullet of a pass to whoever he was throwing a Skoranek or something? I don't know who he threw it. Man, it was a bullet pass, though. I was yeah. like, holy cow, that guy's got an arm. That was impressive. That was. Uh, then he had a booming kick like after that, too, when he punted it away. So you're not playing anybody from this game? No, I won't be. Okay, all right. All right, Rams defense, 2,300. Maybe that's where you'll go. On yeah, potentially. Okay, Miami at San Francisco, the most hyped game of the week. It's going to be raining possibly there in San Francisco. This point total is 46 points. Pierre, I I don't really like this game either. This is not one that I get excited about because I'm not sure what's going to end up happening. I think that Tyreek is a little bit injured, a little bit banged up, so that might make me go towards a Jalen Waddle a lot or even a Jaseki who is down there at 3,300. But it's a San Francisco defense, and there's a lot of questions all over this game, man. There's Everybody's questionable. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's this is tough because this could be a potential like Super Bowl matchup when you look at these two teams. Like they're they're that talented. Um San Francisco's defense been lights lights out. Um thirty one hundred feels like a good price. Um, but you do get a little worried that they're going up against, you know, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. You have the potential to, uh, another revenge. I'm telling you, it's revenge week, Jeff Wilson mm-hmm. Jr. Uh, they're at 6,100. Moster as well. Both of those guys are, are former Niners. Even the coach of the Dolphins, McDaniels, came from the Niners. So there's going to be some familiarity, you know, with these these two teams. Uh, I usually don't like that. I, <laughs> I like when they could kind of catch each other by surprise. But this could be more a game of chess, which it, it could end up being slow, especially if there's rain. So I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you can play Tyreek Hill. He, he can take the – the top off a lid or lit off, whatever it is. He can yeah, take yeah. off the defense. the defense at any point. Um, at 88, same for Waddle. Um, the Niners, they're, they're stacked from an offensive standpoint. They're cheaper. Uh, so I think I would prefer um, the Niners skill position players. Depot at 66, Ayuk at 61, Kittle, you know, down at 5K. And then obviously McCaffrey uh, could be in play. He has a questionable mark, but I think he'll, he'll be fine. They just lost Eli Mitchell. Um, himself, so he could get even more touches. I don't know how much they'll get Jordan Mason involved again, so I think I prefer the Niners part of this game if I am going to play it. Yeah, I just, you know, going up against their old coach, uh, that that doesn't in my in my mind, the narrative not, doesn't, doesn't pan out well because he knows their weaknesses along with their strengths and so yeah. if he can funnel it towards his weaknesses, the thing is the Miami defense doesn't play great on the road uh, they got to go across country, all those things. It is a three o'clock game, so that may not have that big of an impact on, on this. I, I I don't know. I was trying to sit there and go, okay, if McCaffrey's out, if Mostert's, or if uh, uh, Mitchell's out, which he's definitely going to be out, who, who do I go to, a Mason or a Price? You know, it'd probably be Mason. Uh, I don't, I don't. Hopefully, don't get to that point okay. <laughs> where you got to play one of them. But well, it'd be Mason. He's the one that got the touches when Mitchell went down um, on Sunday. So I would expect him to be the one that is involved if McCaffrey, you know, misses or is limited for whatever reason that may be. He he only saw nine snaps, uh, so it probably wouldn't be much. But, I mean, nine uh-huh. is still better than the zero that, that Terry and Price, Davis Price uh, saw. At that, at, at that point, who knows what will happen. It's Kyle check. That's the answer, right? The, yeah. the fullback. <laughs> You're right. Tevin Coleman. Or they may they may give Jeffrey Wilson an old 49er jersey and say, just come back, just for this game. Kansas City at Cincinnati. This one we, we talked about before, 52 and a half. This is at Cincinnati. This is the big shootout, Pierre. I can say it again. Which player aren't you playing from this game? <laughs> what are we going to uh, do? I this like is them all. I like oh, yeah. them all. Yeah. It's, it's, this might be the game that lets people down, though. Like, if everyone goes to it, it could be the game that lets you down. Because you, 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 you could see ways that the Chiefs just kind of spread it out to the point that no one really gets there. Like Kind of like they did against the Rams. Like, I know Kelsey got a touchdown, but uh, other than what Pacheco, no one really no one really got there from the, the Chiefs just because they spread the ball so well. And then with Cincy – they they could be loaded themselves. They might get chased back from what the reports are saying. Uh, Mixon could be coming back from his concussion. Uh, good problem to have, but it's just so hard to identify, you know, who might be the the guy that, that finds success. You look at Higgins now. He's priced up. 
Um, as if he's the wow, right receiver. Wow, seventy two hundred at, at seventy two hundred, which he's been right around there the last few weeks. But that's a different price tag when Jamar Chase is back in the fold. Uh, so that's the thing that I think would concern me from a, a price point standpoint. Well, and both of these offenses, both of these quarterbacks are just spectacular, right? And and both of these guys, I mean, they can they can pick out one person and get the ball to them if they want to, but they tend to spread it out and just go towards whatever the defense is showing and letting up. And that's that's what you're talking about. It's hard to get everybody to. If if it's me, I want to be playing from behind in this game. And I think Cincinnati will probably be playing from behind, playing a little bit of catch up at Kansas. Oh, this is at Cincinnati. So I, I – <laughs> Good luck. But, yeah, well, you know, and, and that's it. I mean, we, I'm going to take both of the quarterbacks. <laughs> I'd like to stack up both the quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't it's know. Tough. It's, it's a tough. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's a really, it's a tough game to, to try to okay. break down. And you do want a part of it is the thing because, like yeah. you said, both talented quarterbacks. It's just it'll be hard to get pieces that you need. Let me ask you this. Melvin Gordon has signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. How big of an impact do you think that he'll have, not necessarily in this game, but maybe in redraft leagues going forward or dynasty leagues? I mean, it is the Kansas City Chiefs, and he does seem to be out there on waiver wires, possibly. He's worth a pickup and a stash, right? He is. Um, he has some fumbling concerns with Denver, but I think the the talent's still there. Um, I'm not sure how so the, the Chiefs are clearly on their backfield. Yeah, Pacheco looked good, but I mean, they brought in Ronald Jones. Alaire hasn't gotten there. McKinnon's kind of fizzled out. So they're looking for someone, um, especially come playoff time. And so Melvin Gordon could definitely be that guy that they could lean on a bit. Well, I thought McKinnon was going to be that guy. I thought Pacheco was going to be that guy. And I think Pacheco is that guy. But, you know, they like to throw multiple running backs back there in the backfield, it seems like, <laughs> over the last couple of years. And I- I'm going to tell you, I-, I-, I have to watch the Kansas City Chiefs games a lot. And the connection between McKinnon and Mahomes just doesn't seem to be on point this year. Uh, something, I mean, McKinnon does, he stands in there, he gets the blocks on the guys and everything, but then the outlet pass just doesn't seem to be there as fluid as it was last year. And I know that that's something Melvin Gordon does as well, is he'll stand in there to get a little chip block and then he'll go out there to the side. I wonder if they're just not looking for something like that because I don't think Pacheco is that guy. They don't trust Pacheco to be that guy in the, in the, in the passing game. No, I think he, I mean, he had one catch uh, last game for like 17, but yeah, I don't think they really trust him uh, to that standpoint. Obviously they're probably seeing things in, in practice, et cetera. So McKenna's still, you know, he's on the field, but he's not really doing much. He saw six targets that, that game against the Rams caught three for, for 26 yards. Um, solid game in the playoffs. You know, he had a 12.5. He'll take that at 4,500, uh, which is where his price is. I just, I don't, know. I don't know. Again, it's just so tough to to get to the well, guys you actually want to get to in this game. Yeah, yeah, in this game it is, and it's just, you just got to make multiple lineups and just throw different <laughs> different people in there. Stick with the big guys and then throw a uh, offside guy in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do think Juju Smith Schuster is is. I don't think the game plan was there for him last week necessarily because they just didn't need him, right? Yeah. So, but I think Juju at fifty seven hundred could possibly pay off because when they did throw it to him, it just looked like it was easy as butter right there. I, I just I, I like the Juju Smith Schuster at fifty seven hundred. He can get he can get me a a touchdown and about seventy yards. I think that'd be yeah. It. And another week removed, you know, from the actual concussion, which I think played a part of it. So definitely could get some some Juju out there more on oh, the field. By the way, that Melvin Gordon thing, just just revisit it real quick. Mm-hmm. Two games coming up towards the end of the season for Kansas City against Denver. So <laughs> there's a couple of revenge games in there. This you know is what I mean? a revenge episode. I tried to tell you. That's what this <laughs> is. But, you know, and there's also the narrative, let's let's win one for Melvin going around in the locker room, I'm sure, once he gets in there a little bit. I, I don't, I'd say let's, let's win one for Gordon because Melvin just is one of those names, man. You just Let's win one for Melvin. I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't, get me, doesn't get me pumped up very much. Los Angeles Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a 50-and-a-half-point total. Seems like it should be higher. I don't know why it's only 50-and-a-half, Pierre. This is the one of the primetime, you know, late-afternoon games in a dome and everything. 50-and-a-half, and, a half, and I, I tell you, Josh Jacobs still hasn't stopped running this week. I hope he's okay. I hope they just rest him all week long so that he could have put up another 300. This right here, to me, is the shootout game of the week. I, I like doing this one, and I like doing the Detroit one a lot because I think not as many people will be on this one as they will be on the Kansas City, Cincinnati, or the Miami-San Francisco game. Just Those two games are going to be talked about a lot. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like both running backs. So kind of similar to the, the Raiders game last week. 
uh, where I like Jacobs and, and Walker. I like Jacobs again, even with the, the questionable tag again with the calf and Eckler, uh, just given the amount of, you know, passing game volume that Eckler gets. Uh, Herbert, you know, he's starting to, to, to break out a bit. You know, folks really thought he was going to do all year. Uh, has been limited because of the the injuries to his receiving core. But, you know, he got Keenan Allen back, kind of a safety blanket. Uh, Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter played well. Could see Mike Williams return. Um, he's a solid price at 5900 Coming off the high ankle sprain, so be careful of that. Um, and then, as I mentioned last week with the, the Raiders, they're just so consolidated. Um, to me, there's like two guys that you, you want to play at least one of them, be it Jacobs, be it Devontae Adams. Those are two that their offense really gears around. Um, if Jacob misses, it's going to get interesting. With, again, some some cheap salary with either Amir Abdullah at 4,600 uh, or Zamir White at, at 4K. Um, I think I lean Zamir White uh, if, if Jacob misses for whatever reason. But if he's out, then that's probably just more so uh, Devontae Adams at, at 8,700, who was kind of held in check um, a little bit this last game. So it could be an Adams game, but. The Chargers struggle against the run. The Raiders struggle against the run. Uh, so it's really both uh, both running backs in this game that I really like. Tight ends could also be in play. You're going to save a little bit of salary uh, if you get down to Moreau um, there with the, the Raiders who finally got in the end zone there. He's only 3,600. Then I don't mind Jared Everett. He, he gets enough <laughs> targets himself too. Probably won't play him, but, I mean, he, he, he's on the field, which is no. part of the battle. No, he let me down. He let me down last <laughs> week. Forget about it. Going against the, the Cardinals, he let me down, man. How you do that? Hey, I love Derek Carr. I think he's my favorite quarterback out of all this. At least he's the last quarterback I'm looking at. So <laughs> that's why you know, I, he's, I got a short memory. 5,600, though. After that New Orleans game, if you remember that train wreck that they had where a lot of those Raiders were sick, where he only gave us three DraftKings points that week, ever mm-hmm. since then, he has given us 18, oh, uh, 18. 23 and 22 DraftKings points and that 23 DraftKings points and that was even mixed in with a Denver game in there you know with the 23 pointer as highest one of the so that is now I know it's overtime game or whatever but still man Derek Carr's been able to pay off he's only at 5600 he he seems to be able to do that in his sleep nowadays yeah I mean I don't I don't mind Derek Carr I I think he gets a, a bad rap because of the type of games that the Raiders lose or usually you know, he throws a bad interception or he's trying to drive down the field late. But, I mean, he's oh. talented. He's a, a serviceable guy. It helps uh, to have Devontae Adams um, to, to throw to. But even last year, you know, he was taking advantage of, you know, Hunter Renfro was kind of his, his main receiver there. So I don't mind. I don't mind Derek Carr. Um, again, I expect this game to, to probably be one of the better ones on the slate as well. I'll probably attack the, the running back position, but. Cars in play, Herbert's in play. You can play either one of those guys. We're not going to get a 10K player again this year, Pierre. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, as you get ready here to build us a lineup, I just want to remind everybody that Josh Jacobs had nearly 40 touches last week. <laughs> 40 touches. How long did he do that? Boy, I'll be uh, but uh, you can follow my guy, Pierre, at Peewee31 over there on Twitter. You can follow me as well, at Loafin. And don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore there. We'll put that DFS Dreamer podcast linked to the show podcast over there on the pinned tweet on that Fantasy Impact Today Twitter handle. And let me make sure and encourage you to like, subscribe, review, and share this podcast with all of your family, with all of your friends. We hope you enjoyed this DFS Dreamer year so far, and we really look forward to continuing to do this week in and week out. We appreciate Appreciate you so much, not only supporting the podcast, but also participating in that DFS Dreamer uh, show contest that we have over there on DraftKings. You guys are fantastic, fantastic listeners. And Pierre, speaking about fantastic, build me a lineup, my friend. Uh, I hate you, 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 you switched it to fantastic because it's, it's an ugly week for me. Um, oh. Want me you to gonna take a guess at the you gonna take a guess at the quarterback? Uh quarterback. Boy, oh boy, who were you talking up, boy? And who do you really like? I'm I'm scrolling through it right now and I'm looking. I'm looking here. Yeah, maybe well, no. You don't like to go down there towards the bottom, man. You don't like to go towards the bottom on the things, but I don't know how you don't go with a Mike White this week at fifty four hundred. I do like Mike White. Um I'm going Trevor Lawrence. Wow. I'm you didn't even talk the- about him. I'm going with the the number one overall pick a few years ago. Uh, back-to-back 20-plus point games. Um, he's been 17 or more, what, five out of his last six. I'm going against the Lions, so give me Lawrence, 5,900. 
Uh, I'll pair him up with, with Zay Jones. Um, I do like Marvin Jones. I do like Christian Kirk. But what I'm getting ready to do at running back, I'm going to need a little salary relief. <laughs> so give me Zay Jones. <laughs> Bring it back with uh, DJ Shark. Uh, so give me a little revenge on that side of the ball with DJ Shark there. Running back time. Give me Nick Chubb, 8K, going up against the Texans. Just got to play him. Uh, give me Austin Eckler, 8,500. Going up against the Raiders. You know who my third running back is going to be? Josh Jacobs. It's going to be Josh Jacobs at 7,900. I'm going right back to the, the running back well in that game. Watch Save a little bit of salary. Give me, some, give me some Jets at 2,600. I'm going to save salary there. Two spots, tight end, receiver. You got about $1,000 left, Pierre. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll double stack Lawrence with Evan Ingram. Don't. Okay. Don't like it, but, I mean, he's on the field. He's only 3K, and that gives me a piece of either Garrett Wilson, if I want to do him, um, but I'll take a piece of this uh, Bengals and Chiefs game. Give me Tyler Boyd at 5,300 to, to kind of be a, a swerve when everyone's going Higgins or Chase. So that gives me Trevor Lawrence, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler, Tyler Boyd, DJ Chark, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Josh Jacobs, Jets defense. I like that one, and I, I I like how you built that a little bit there. Um, I think that if Josh Jacobs is hurt, we can pivot off of that and go to one of those other running backs that we talked about that may be a backup running back and be able to upgrade at that Evan Ingram spot if we wanted to and and go with a Travis Kelsey maybe even. We could save that save that salary on running back and get up to Evan Ingram. I'm not sure if we can get that higher that's or not. A, that's a really good thought process, actually. <laughs> and they're no, both 4 o'clock games, so it's something that you could do like a late swap on. Um, mm-hmm. You would obviously need the the salary. Oh, I guess Ingram's at one, but um, yeah, it's something you can think about there. Yeah, no, and and put a Kes Watkins in there instead of a Tyler Boyd. <laughs> I'll just get, I'll just get, hey, buddy, I appreciate all your effort and all your knowledge, and for helping us all learn a little bit here on the DFS Streamer Podcast, my friend. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for all the listeners. As you stated, we really appreciate not just likes, you know, retweets, but just listening to us. Again, there's there's plenty of. Sports podcast, football podcast, yeah. DFS podcast out there. So the fact that you choose uh, to, to use your time with us is greatly appreciated. Oh, definitely appreciated. And I hope that we both encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.